All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Climb the StarCraft 2 podcast focused on the Below Masters Blue Collar Leagues. I'm your host, Will, aka Lord Cranial. Hello, my name is Dan. I go by Captain Hoppa. Each episode, we will dive into the ups and downs of the Diamond Ladder experience while searching for the secrets to get good. Yeah, we're just two normal players working on climbing to that next rung of the ladder. We hope you'd enjoy the discussion tonight. I have a question for the listeners out there. Do you ever get the sneaking suspicion that your opponent is up to something? Maybe you're just trying to figure out whether you're winning or losing. Having a good sense of the game state is incredibly important as you ladder. Tonight we'll be discussing our own experiences with game sense and how you can potentially improve your own. Yeah, but before we uh, hop into that topic, I have a question for you, Dan. How's the uh, how's the ladder been treating you? Uh, pretty good, I guess. Um, so as we as I mentioned <laughs> as I mentioned last time, I took a bit of a break, so uh, I have returned after two week break from starcraft and streaming in general uh so i have i have two whole days of ladder under my belt and uh you know it's it's the standard kind of return process you know like it's it's i feel like you know i've i've taken breaks before you know usually never longer than two weeks i think that's the longest break i've taken but i i kind of feel like i have a uh a decent expectation of like what to expect and and how to handle it and how to just i don't know how to just be comfortable doing it because you know coming back is usually not like super exciting like you know you're gonna play kind of not not perfect coming back and uh you know we're navigating that and uh i think it's going pretty well overall like uh it's it's good it's good summary wise are you do you have that like feeling of uh mental clarity but maybe a bit rusty in implementing the mechanics is that the type of uh feeling you're talking about yeah yeah and i think i we've we've talked about this before too where it's like uh i think the first day back was actually like surprisingly good like i i i played surprisingly well uh you know i still made a lot of the mistakes i was kind of expecting which are usually just like Oh yeah, big supply blocks. Oh yeah, just big tunnel visioning sort of stuff. Like that that that's kind of the stuff I expect. It's mainly the supply blocks is the one where I was like, yeah, I'm going to be supply blocks all day today. Like <laughs> like that was that was kind of how I went into it and I ended up playing games on the first day that like I I just uh I I kind of won through like sheer tenacity and like just by continuing to do whatever it is I'm doing, right? Whether I'm behind or ahead, it's just I keep going. And like, you know, granted, I think my opponents made some questionable decisions in some of these situations, but I still was able to close it out, you know, in my favor, right? So like, it's it's uh, it's something I'm kind of proud of because it's like, yeah, I won this game because my opponent was weird, but I also won it just by being uh, relatively straightforward and relatively just solid all around, right? It, it's... Um, it's it's kind of these wins where it's like yeah I just kind of stuck to it and 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 powered through and uh, that happened more than once on that first day so uh, I was pretty happy with that I think the second day was more in line of what I expect when I come back from a break where it's like I'm supply blocked for like a minute at 122 or like I'm uh, 
I'm at 55 drones when I think I'm at 66 or, you know, I just forgot to like relook at my third base, you know, because I'm fighting or chasing Hellions or, you know, whatever it is. Like, um, I, I think day two was a lot more in line with what I expect coming back from a break. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, I lost some games just from, just from being kind of sloppy, just overall, you know, like it's not, it's, I can point to one or two supply blocks, but at the end of the day, it's also just like, just generalized, generalized macro disorganization. But again, it, it's, it's totally what I expect. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is really what you kind of expect coming back into it. Like, uh, the mechanics like you do get rusty the longer you stay away from starcraft 2 like i definitely start to feel it you know after a couple of days of not laddering consistently so it, yeah it's it, it's just expected and it usually comes back pretty quickly so i'm sure you'll be uh uh getting supply blocked more on one uh 156 156 is that how yeah yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, yeah we'll push it we'll push it down <laughs> 173 maybe yeah there you go well, I know that you just came back and you're kind of de-rusting and getting some of those uh, old mechanics back. Is there anything kind of matchup specific that you've been working on over the past two days? Um, no, not not really. I, honestly, I've kind of simplified a lot of my like objectives in in some of the matchups. Like ZBT, I'm doing the same thing because like I'm pretty solid at it and I know how I want to improve it, you know. And it's like it's just the standard one one roach and try to smash. So that's pretty much the same. ZVP, I've kind of been a little more, like, eh, I'm just kind of messing around, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm playing solid. I'm making drones, but like, I'm not as, I, I, I kind of decided to like not do the muta stuff initially. I think I'll probably get back into it, but I was honestly, I was just twelve pooling and like just trying to get like melee upgrades. Like that was the whole plan for ZVP, <laughs> and like, uh, it, it went surprisingly well. I haven't played that many games. Um, zvp but honestly it, it went better than i expected and uh, i even got some pretty good some pretty good wins off of it i'd say um but I, i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel right now i'm just trying to get back in shape and then once i'm in shape i can start doing more uh adventurous adventurous learning activities uh, i guess you could say and uh zvz i've played one zvz uh and i won so <laughs> <laughs> I won I won by going all in on Link Bane. Uh and and again that's just a, another like simplification kind of thing where I'm just like, uh yeah, I'll just keep going all in. Like <laughs> like never stop, never stop the Link Bane pressure and just keep going cuz it's like, you know, it's simple. You know, it's simple and it's <laughs> I can still just make make lings and inject and and go from there, you know. Uh, I did notice something with your ZVT recently, though, is that you have started using Vipers again. Or was was that only versus me? I, I have been watching uh, some of your recent streams, and it seems like you've been starting to use Vipers more and more. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all it's all situational, you know. And, and I think uh, I think Hive Tech is is always challenging in in that regard because it's always like 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 getting Hive Tech. Hive Tech is great right like that's no question right but but how you get there i think is is always going to be wildly different and, and always very situational vipers are still are are i'd like to say vipers are always part of the plan it's just whether or not i need to get there or whether or not i feel like it is a necessary thing right and um 
<laughs> I was kind of embarrassed with, with some of my Viper control in those games. Like, the control was not there. I was happy with how I, I made them. Like, like I'm, I'm happy the time that they came out and the time that they were ready. Um, and, and, you know, typically I'll try to fire up 2-2 two, two, uh, and get Vipers. So, so those things kind of go hand in hand in the build. Um, but it's also like I, I'm, I'm trying to be more, um, more flexible as far as if I find a Terran who is just super solid defensively, like I'm not going to make the one, one push work in, in those situations. So, um, you know, I'm still hard headed in my, in my Zerg choices. So my choice from that situation, if they're, if they're locked down, you know, with a lot of tanks and, and good positioning and good awareness, um, I'll, I'll get two, two, and then I'll, I'll work my way to Vipers. And, uh, that's, that's kind of the kicker, uh, that, that I, that I include. And, and you know, sometimes it looks good and sometimes it looks eh, questionable, but, um, it, it's supposed to be in the plan, but a lot of times I don't need it, right? If the first push goes well enough, I don't need it. It's kind of a luxury, and, and uh, if it's going well, I can just keep making Rotrav and, and and go from there. But but there's also that kind of like uh, that kind of in between where like if the Terran is like holding and holding and holding, and they get to two two going on three three, and I'm still just trying to smash, then I'm like, oh, we should have started on Vipers earlier, you know? Like, but you know, it's every every situation is a unique opportunity, you know. Yeah, so I, I actually did have something similar that I was going to discuss in uh, my latter uh, update as well. But uh, learning to use some of those late game spellcasters can be a little bit difficult. And yeah, it, you should definitely be happy that you at least made the uh, or took the steps to get to that point where you, they are, they're actually out on the field. Um, I know in particular Viper, like if I if I see Vipers come out, like it, it's one of those things where I kind of like you know, like the hackles on the back of my neck raise up. I'm just like, Oh God, this is a Zerg knows what they're doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just being able to get it out and the control can come later. That's, that's usually how I feel about those kind of things. Like at least you're making the correct steps to get to that point. Yeah. And you know, you, you need a certain amount of infrastructure and a certain amount of space to, to get them out. And, you know, also even, even just the little steps of like, Okay, get your infestation pit at a re at a decent time. Don't forget to start your hive. Uh, make sure you add some more gas geysers because those those things are pricey. And uh, and then you know you gotta charge them up. You gotta send them to the army. Like it's it's all these little things that like aren't that big of a deal on their own. But if you're like maneuvering an army around the map and you have to like actively listen for the viper sounds so you can remember to look back at them to charge them up and send them across. Um, it, it, it's that stuff that like, it, it takes a lot of practice, I, I think. And, and, and even where I'm at now, I feel like I just barely feel good about those steps, like shift queuing the buildings, uh, getting the follow command so that they like just automatically join your army. Like I'm good at that now. It's still got a ways to go and I still got to actually be okay at using them, but I feel good about getting them there, you know? No. Yeah, Absolutely. Anything else uh, related to ZBZ or ZVP? Uh, no, not really. Like like I said, I've had some good... Uh, I felt like I had some good ZVPs where just tenacity. <laughs> tenacity. I had a Phoenix. I had a guy who made Phoenixes, and then uh, he surprised me, and then he made a weird choice to, like, kill my overlords. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> I guess this was fine. And, uh, you know, I took a lot of damage, but 
at the end of the day, he he didn't have a good like follow up, and he just kept losing phoenixes, and I just kept uh, making stuff, and and uh, eventually won that game. But it was just a silly game that I just won through through power. But yeah, it's it's funny. <laughs> it's a silly game. Yeah, that opponent's trying to play uh, Brood Wars EVP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my my jaw dropped when I saw what he was like going to do with the phoenixes, like because <laughs> I was already nervous that he made them. Wouldn't it have still been better to have gone Void Rays in that situation, though? Like, Void Rays got nerfed, but they're still really good. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I, I think Voids I think voids are fine. I think Phoenixes are great, too. I just think that, like, he uh, he lost Phoenixes, which I, I watch Roddy's stream, all right? And Roddy's number one rule of Phoenixes is don't lose them. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he was doing damage to me, but he kept losing them, and he also remade them, which, like, I don't think he needed to remake them. I think the damage was done. And uh, if he went straight into charge and a bunch of gates, I think he could have won the game, no problem. Uh, but he, he just kept making phoenixes and, uh, I got Hydra Bane out. I kept rolling Banes everywhere. He tried to be really greedy and cannony on the back end, uh, of, of his opener. And, uh, I just blew him up with Banelings over and over again. So very satisfying win. That's yeah, pretty nice. So I guess a question that I have now is, uh, do you have any goals for your ladder sessions going forward? Anything that you're trying to think about for the future? Uh, not, not at the moment. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it simple for now. And, uh, there, there's some things I do definitely want to focus on, like looking ahead. Um, but I, I also feel like I just need to get the, the fundamentals down, you know, the dribbling and the passing down before I start doing all the fancy stuff. But, you know, there, there's some I'm thinking about where it's like, I love Ling Bane and ZVP when it's going well. Um, and you know, I want to just remember to like get adrenal glands, like, like it's an upgrade. That's like, just, it's like never on my radar, you know, just, it's just not there. Like it's, it's not in the, oh, it's, this is a thing I get when this thing finishes. It's just not in there. So like, that's something I'd like to work on. And, uh, there's a couple of other like little details like that, that, that I'd like to continue, but you know, it's, it's, it's uh, one, one step at a time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, any highlights or lowlights from your recent sessions? sure um <laughs> so this uh this highlight is a zvt uh i believe this is on glittering ashes i i apologize because i think a lot of my highlights sound the same but i think it also just <laughs> it illustrates it illustrates my uh ability to drone in in great adversity um but basically uh i lost a lot of drones to hellions i took tremendous damage uh, it was like 10 Hellions or something wild, and not only was it 10 Hellions, but I was very out of position and very unprepared, uh, so I lost uh, probably like 25, 28 drones, I'd say. Um, the <laughs> I wrote this down because I, when I checked the replay, I, I thought it was hilarious, but at 620, uh, the worker count was 23 drones to 48 SCVs. Um, and I was pretty sure that I was dead, but I was also just like, uh, we're going to just going to drone and hope his third base is late. Uh, because I've also been in this situation many times before where the Terran does a very aggressive push, but just, they, they never have a third or they start the third after all their Hellions died. Like, um, 
it's something that I I know I can play my way out of uh, given given the right circumstance and um, it went surprisingly well. So you know I, I managed to to redrone. Honestly, the Hellions died. Uh, I I probably microed my drones like worse than not microing them. Like it's one of those where I'm like. Uh, I'm panicked. I'm out of position, so I pull the drones from my third to my natural, um, and I, I don't even pull them in a very safe way. I pull them in a very, like, making his life easier kind of way. Uh, and then even in the natural, like, it, I remember it because it was so it was so frustrating because um, I have some queens. I don't have enough queens probably, but I have some queens, and they're attacking the Hellions, and I'm trying to spread drones, but like half more than half of the hellions are all in the red hp but they're still all firing you know and it's like i'm i'm looking at it and i don't have the mechanical ability to target fire hellions while i'm splitting drones and also trying to like move the queens in to like wedge the the hellions in the corner you know um so i just i have to watch them just keep shooting with like one hp you know and it's like more fire and more fire and um so again i think my micro is probably not the most helpful thing but you know, it's panic. It's a panic. It's a panic situation. You know, so uh, um, we lose a lot. But at the the nice thing is the Hellions die, right? So I I kind of know that like, all right, well, what's he gonna do next, right? Whatever he's gonna do next is gonna take some time, right? Even if it's a tank push or or whatever, like I got some time. So you know, we just drone. I have three bases. I have enough queens to inject all three. So you know, my production's not it's not bad for Zerg. You know, and in fact, I think it's pretty pretty solid, honestly. So we we get ourselves back up to like 60 drones. Honestly, I was impressed at how fast I was able to get back up to 60 from 23. Um, and uh, we start making roach, you know, as as you do. And uh, I, I kind of go across the map just to honestly see what he what he has because I I've been in the dark the whole game. And uh, I scout Cyclone Hellion, which you know it's whatever. I mean, it forces me to change a little bit of what I'm doing, but but not entirely. And uh, I find Cyclone Hellion, uh, I pull back to my side of the map, you know, and uh, I actually set up a really nice engagement for his first poke into my third, so we get up a good flank on the first engagement, and uh, just tremendous. Like, like I also think that Cyclone Hellion is really scary, because it's just one of those things that spirals, you know, and, and if you're, if you get a bad first fight, you get kited to death, right, like, and you're kind of powerless to to stop being kited because you you have to like chase and then you have to pull back and you have to chase and you have to pull back. Um, it, it's really really frustrating. But we got a really good first engage. He he walked right right where I wanted him to. He he walked up the lane that I I was like if he comes anywhere on this side of the map I will be able to in some way get behind him right. And uh, we took a great fight and then we counter pushed and uh, did some damage on a third. Uh, you know, it's still sketchy because he still has more mobility, but as long as I'm, like, continuing to march towards his base and towards his production, he still has to, like, like, he can dance around me, but I have to just, like, keep going, right? And, uh, I think we, I think we kill the third, and, uh, I get a really nice wraparound, like, I'm, I'm making lings to, to augment my army, and so I take the rally, and I grab the rally to, to cut him off so i dump it out of my control group to move to the top side and we get a we get a beautiful wraparound on on the cyclone hellion um and uh win the game from there and one of my favorite things to watch Zerg players do versus that is just the big wraparound or even better it's like if they break off a bit of army 
and like stick them in the retreat path and then suddenly just like a massive like smash down on the on the uh, battle mech army oh my god those are like my favorite moments to watch yeah it's it's incredibly satisfying i think i think it's also because like like i i know what it's like to be on the other end where like the cyclones are always just like out of range of dying right and you know that like if you can trap them you can crush it but like if if they're ahead and they're having really good control they can dance forever and you will never you will kill like two hellions you know like it, it's so frustrating so whenever i can get a good surround like that and just stop that army or even just smush that army into the corner uh it's it's great and very satisfying yeah absolutely uh what about your low light uh so this low light this is i think this is my first day back um this was a zvt on glittering this guy was just he was just a very defensive bio guy and uh he was defensive bio and greedy um so the 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 biggest problem i think for me in this game is that uh, I saw him flying a fourth base like super early, like, like almost like the audacity, <laughs> the audacity for him to try to land a fourth at this time. To me, I was like, it, it, it kind of forced my hand to attack earlier than I would have liked. But I was also just like, no, 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 this, no, 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 this, we don't allow this here. <laughs> like, like, we don't allow this kind of greed this early. Like, um, so I, I kind of just, uh, I run across the map maybe a little earlier than I usually do. Uh, the big problem that I did, and I've probably had a low light this exact same thing, but um, I, I just forgot to drone up to 66. I, I stopped at 55 and kept making units because I was like, let's go. We got to smash a base. And, um, you know, the, the combination of that and taking a pretty ugly fight, plus the kicker of like one or two big supply blocks during this this phase of the game where like, Again, I'm I'm just trying to make so much supply all at once. Um, we, we just we just didn't have enough, right? And, and we uh, we took some ugly fights. Again, I'm trying to be aggressive because I, I do feel a sense of urgency to smash a base and to deny this greed. Um, and the base lives. I lose an army. I maybe lose an army and a half. You know, trying trying a couple times, and uh, you know, at, at a certain point, I'm I'm super dead because. Uh, you know, he just can kind of stim into me later on and, and win on even supply. So not not the greatest. Um, and, and again, this was just a game where I, I just it just felt like everything was a little sloppy. Like I was a little too impatient. Uh, the build was a little sloppy. The supply blocks were rough. Uh, the urgency was probably more destructive than than helpful, um, which, again, there's always kind of a balance with that, especially when you're being aggressive, where... It can be really good, or it can be actually very much worse <laughs> than than you want it to be. Um, uh, but yeah, that that was the thing. There is like a an asterisk. I did play this guy back to back, so I I I played him in a second game. And the hilarious thing is that we both did the same the same game plan. Like he was greedy defensive, and I was one one roach smash again. But I just ironed out the kinks in my supply supply blocks and honestly i just kind of smashed his fourth base no problemo so uh i'm glad i got the redemption but i i think i think that first game was just a pretty solid uh representation of like me just being rusty on like multiple fronts in that game and 
Um, I'm really happy I was able to make the adjustments for the, the second game. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a game. A learning experience. <laughs> it's a low light turned highlight. We'd love to hear those. Um, for the second game, did you, uh, did you go with your usual 66 drone count or did you stick with the 55? Yeah, so I did fix that as well, where I, I made sure, because those were the two, the two biggest mistakes that I made. I, what I told myself from the replay was 55 drones, big problem, and uh, Omega huge supply blocks at maybe one or two spots. But again, it's like that 100 to 120 area that that is probably the most painful. And just by eliminating those those two things, I just I was able to do exactly what I wanted. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to get the redemption arc on the uh, on the second go around. So that's awesome, man. It's good to hear. Yeah, he he gave me he gave me the well played too. At the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice. There you go. Like, uh, thanks, thanks, buddy. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that uh, your return has been at least sort of fruitful, and that we'll uh, we'll be able to see more of you. And yeah, I hope the uh, I hope your return continues to be successful. Oh yeah, I mean you know it's it's an ongoing project, just like playing StarCraft in general. So you know it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to continue, and I'm excited for uh, for it to keep going. You know. I guess uh, I'll uh, switch it around to you, my friend. Uh, how's the ladder going? So I, I've been up to uh, a lot recently, and I think my ladder success uh, sessions have overall been very good. We're actually, yeah, we're actually at an MMR high right now. We're like just below three point eight, and I'm hoping to really start making a huge push towards uh, Diamond One here soon. So I've started doing uh, tryhard streams where I just play for two hours. Where it, it's very similar to like neuro samurai streams, or you know, up a tree doing his like tryhard sessions. You know, li limited chat interactions. Uh, play some kind of fast-paced music and just like try to crank out games as much as I can. And those have been extremely successful. Uh, e I've been laddering on the EU ladder on weekend mornings, which that's actually been kind of fun. Uh, la uh, ranking up that account has, <laughs> it, it's funny because that, that account was originally at gold two level because I hadn't laddered on it for a long time, but it also had like diamond three MMR. So I had, it, it's like that scary moment where a diamond player sees like a, a lower ranked, uh, border and it's just like, Oh no, this is a smurf. But, <laughs> and I guess, uh, one final thing is that i actually i finally bit the bullet and i started getting coaching from vindicta so that's that has been well we've only done one session so far but ever since we had that session my tvp has felt so 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 much better um i've had an easier time reading protosses in the early game and being able to figure out like what they're trying to do what their game plan is going forward so that's been extremely helpful uh, we also, or he also gave me a couple of timings that I can do after my first timing. Cause that was a big issue that I had, you know, with TVP It's just like after my first push, I wasn't, I didn't really have a proper game plan after that. It was just kind of like, well, I guess we'll tech up and I guess we'll get more units and I guess we'll get our upgrades and you know, so on and so forth. Um, 
but he kind of sat me down and he's like, Hey, look, you know, if you see Colossi, you should just go for a big one, one max out push and just, you know, go kill them. Or, uh, if you see that they're going gateway, man, you know, forget your first, first push, your first push isn't really going to do anything. Sit back, go two two max out and then go kill them. So a lot of that has been extremely helpful and I've been trying to implement some of those changes and my TVP has actually like turned around a great deal. So I've been, you know, super psyched about that. Nice, man. I mean, uh, I, I think I, I caught a little bit of that stream with Vindicta on there and, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Vindicta fan. I think he, he, he does a really good job too. I, even as a non-Terran, I'm like, wow, he's, he's explaining this stuff like really clearly. And like, I don't know, it, it's something about like when, when things are just, uh, made made more clear and more just like well you know hey if this then this easy you know like uh can be really refreshing so you know hey i'm glad i'm glad it's uh it's working and you're able to implement stuff and um that's that's awesome man yeah another nice thing is that like the stuff that he was telling me about it felt like diamond issues like issues that a diamond player would have and was telling me how to correct it as a diamond player which that, that felt really refreshing because it seems like anytime you, you know, you watch, you know, another pro player's YouTube videos about how to improve, it, it seems rather specific and stuff that you might not necessarily need to. Like, it, they're good changes, but it also takes away from your limited APM pool and your limited attention. So it, it was nice that he broke down those issues in a way that, you know, I can implement changes into. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. There there's so much like there's so much advice, you know, in StarCraft. And there's so much like, oh, you know, hey, just do this, or you know, hey, Lambo says to do this. And it's like, okay, but like what what do I need? You know, and, and uh I, I remember too, even like when I was in gold, but watching Pig coach just another gold player, you know, like you learn a lot about like the the basic objectives that you need for that league or for that situation and a lot of the thoughts and feelings or sensations you get yourself are common at that level right and, and uh you know it's 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 good to hear that it's it's kind of these like aha moments you know like oh yeah yeah i do that <laughs> yeah absolutely um i i guess for some of my other matchups uh you know tvt has been I, I think that's actually the matchup that is carrying me into Diamond 1 right now. I have never felt so solid in TVP or uh, TVT in my entire life. Uh, like It feels like everything I'm doing is just super, super crisp. Uh, my supply block timings are fairly low. My push-out timings feel really good. Every single time I check in on my Terran opponent, like I feel like I know exactly what they're doing. Like I see a reactor on the barracks, I'm just like, that's definitely going to be either an early push or a tank drop. Send the, you know, send Reapers in again just to confirm. It's just like, okay, yeah, they're they're going to tank drop me. I make another cyclone and I clean that shit up easy. Um, I mean, also just my uh, my positioning versus other Terrans has also been really good. You know, setting up really good tank lines that are hard to break. Uh, if they're, you know, encroaching on my third base, I know where to put my tanks. And, like, if I have to lift up, I have to lift up. That's fine. But, like, my tank wall is not going to be broken unless they bring in some heavy weapons like Liberators or Ravens. And even then, like, I'm prepared to snipe those off as quickly as possible. 
Oh yeah. Uh, map visions has been really good. Like at, there are some points where I just have like a wall in the middle of the map where I can just see anything that's about to happen to me. And also <laughs> something I've gotten really good at is just like constantly probing Terrans for weaknesses. Um, because something that I've realized is that like, usually Terrans at my level will, they'll, they'll find one anchor point and kind of stick with it. And every once in a while they'll have like a tank and they're natural or something. So I've started realizing like, why am I pushing into this really entrenched third when I can literally send a Marine hit squad into their natural and just start killing stuff. So that's been like really, really successful. And I, I genuinely think it's carrying my MMR right now. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I also like when you have that sort of feeling and like, it's not only just like, you, you know, like beat by beat, but it's also such a great confidence in how to deal with it and how to like work around it. And, um, I also, I also like, I love that, uh, like you get to a certain point where you have enough freedom with your army control to be able to make decisions like that, where you can kind of poke around and see stuff where it's like, like I do the same thing. If I'm, I'm ahead in supply and I have, you know, army to, to use, I'm like, Oh, let's just poke his third with six roaches like who cares maybe they'll die maybe they won't but like ah, i'll just walk them in you know like and, and you, sometimes you, you can be amazed at, at like the little the little pokes that you can do that can uh lead to you know a big swing in with something else or just just having an ability to uh to navigate that is always is always really nice and uh i'm glad i'm glad you're feeling confident in that matchup because you know i know it's a it's kind of wild sometimes, but when you know when you know it before it happens, that's uh that's great, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been having so much fun in that matchup. It's uh, I don't know. It, like I know a lot of Terrans complain about TBT, but uh, I, I've been fun, enjoying it a lot. Fun, fun is allowed <laughs> in that matchup. I had no idea. I had no idea you were allowed to have fun in TBT. That's absurd. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm going insane. I, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm losing my mind and it's it's cracking in TVT first and, and now I just kinda giggle to myself in a dark room while I'm playing against, you know, like a mech t another mech Terran. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I think it's crazy too, because I, I think like, you know, when I watch Big Gabe play T V T, it's it's just it's just an all around solidness and an all around like good understanding of where everything's at, right? Even if Gabe is losing and like doing a YOLO push, like you can kind of trust that like it's it's the only play he has, you know, or like uh, I, I forget, I forget, I think I've said this before, but I, I forget where I heard this, but it was like, yeah, the great thing about Gabe in TVT is that Gabe is never out of position, right? And it's such like a, like it's not a flashy maneuver you know like it's not like oh you know sick medevax coming in or sick micro it's just like no no he's just in position <laughs> like like anywhere he needs to be he's in the right spot and it's like it's such a like boring ability but it's also just so solid and so fundamental to that matchup and uh it's it's always insane no it's like you said it's like it's not flashy but at least to me, whenever I pull it off, I feel so good about myself. It's just like, yeah, the tank is there. To you, that might not be a big deal, but to me, like that feels like safety and comfort. And I just saw him eviscerate eight Marines, so that's like that's that's a plus. I'm I'm so happy he is there. He's doing a fantastic job. We'll give him a medal after this match. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. It's good to hear. Uh, I guess I can make one more note. Uh, my TVZ has completely like 180 flipped. Uh, yeah, I have just become so bad at TVZ recently, and it's getting to a point where I'm just like mentally fatigued with the matchup. And as I'm like, I'm already defeated before the match even starts at this point. It's just so much stuff to do so much stuff to read i feel like i'm just like making all of the wrong calls at all times it's just it's a mess yeah well i mean uh i i get it fix one thing break some other things uh you know it's definitely happened to me too in that sort of way but uh i <laughs> it's uh i don't know man ladder zergs they're they're uh they're pretty wild i'd say and i've watched your stream <laughs> and witnessed it myself and i don't know what they're thinking i don't know what they're thinking because uh they they do their own thing sometimes and there's nothing more frustrating than seeing like a setup for a bane bus and like oh defensive's time and then nothing happens and you check the replay and they've like double expanded behind it and it's just like oh well congratulations on uh bamboozling me there i guess yeah, no, and it's like it's like your response isn't necessarily wrong, but it's also like they're making a pretty good call to just be like, ah, forget it, <laughs> you know, like, and 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 sometimes the delay on you figuring that out is so painful because I've done the same thing too, where it's like I scout a bunch of gates and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be ready, and then it's like, nah, they just decided not to, and it's like, well, why did they? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you make an appropriate call for my like preparation? Like it's it's so frustrating because it's like again you're making the right call, but it's also like they're free to just say no, thank you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that that's yeah that's the frustrating thing. It's just like it's now on you to continue your scouting and making sure that you're keeping them honest. And that's it's not something I'm particularly good at, and it's definitely something I'm gonna have to work on in the near future. There's a lot of stuff. Like I could go on all for the rest of the night about TVZ right now, but we'll we'll keep it brief and <laughs> just say it's it's bad. Understandable. Um, you you want got any highlights, lowlights here? Well, we'll start off with the low light. It was a uh, I was playing EU in the morning, and it was a TVZ on Blackburn. It was a fairly standard Roche Ravager Zerg. Uh, I, I made whatever preparations I need, uh, you know, going into a cyclone followed by siege tanks and getting as many Marines as possible. We're going Banshee and whatnot. Then it hit me that I forgot to make stem. And when that realization hit, I tilted off the face of the earth. It like, I like, that was probably the, the most angry I've been at myself while playing StarCraft II in a long time. I was I was sitting there like, I cannot believe I forgot Stim. I shouldn't be playing this game. I should be demoted back to Plat II. I don't understand. How could this opponent not have killed me already? Um, and the funny thing was is that, like, eventually Stim hit, and we pushed across, across the map and just killed the opponent. But I was just like, it was more of like a personal low light, I guess. It was just like... I, like I hit a point in TVZ where I was just like constantly getting my ass kicked so much that like the little, just the little mistakes are just like, I, I'm going to burn the world down over this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that too. I, I do the same thing with Roach Speed too. Cause it's like, there, there's some things in Starcraft where it's like, it's like, I'm a Roach guy. If I don't have Roach Speed, my army is just, it's bad. Like, it's its not even, like, just okay. Like, it's its bad. And I can feel the same way for Stim because it's, like, it's such a, 
it's such an essential thing and it's such a like well guess we can't push now like <laughs> you know like i uh, guess we got to stay at home for until this finishes and you know and you just wait and i don't know make a, another tank or something like <laughs> I, I don't i don't know but uh yeah it's uh it's frustrating and, and i think it's also like it, it feels worse because you know that that's your like bread and butter you know like you know that that's your uh that's your jam and uh without it it's uh it's, it's rough it's rough yeah i i think at that point just the like like all, all of the all of the bad plays that I've been making in TVZ just kind of culminated into that one moment where I'm just like, I don't want to play this matchup anymore. This is like this is just so bad. But we do have a pretty good highlight to balance that one out. So this is a, a TVP on Curious Minds, and actually Apoptosis casted this one during his 24-hour stream. So this may be familiar to some of our listeners. Uh, I was playing a three racks against a against a Protoss player, while they were making a proxy Stargate. Um, and for anybody who watched the Vindicta coaching session, he told me about how to identify proxy adept. I, I scouted. I knew that there is a proxy, but I misread one of the casts and thought, "Oh, yeah, proxy adept. We put three bunkers in the front of the wall, and we're fine." Uh, that doesn't really help all that much when the Oracle comes flying in. But, you know, that, that was more of a funny little mistake than anything. Um, we finally do get an opportunity to push out. We see that the Protoss is entrenched on two bases and, you know, taking a late third. So I'm just like, I'll, I'll back up. I'll take vision. That's fine. Uh, it, it turned out opponent was also teching into Storm and Tempest. And for the Terran players know that that can be be an unmitigated disaster if you don't catch it because the tempest will pick apart everything from long range and if you try to close in to engage you get stormed to death but in that moment i i made a judgment call where it's just like you're going to sit out in front of my base i'm perfectly copacetic with that i'm loading up a drop and i'm going to go into your base and now you have two you have two options you either come you either force a recall and defend your probes from getting killed or you try and base trade me and i promise you i will kill you if you try to base trade me so you know opponent decided to do the recall which i was really happy because i was bluffing on the base trade bit and we just we kind of kept doing this song and dance of where just like i was just i was avoiding his army at all times i was dropping where i could i was getting damage done where i could and then trying to pick off what i like any you know units that were like left behind or something we also had a moment where we had two mines in every single one of his mineral lines and forced him to not mine for a very long time and eventually it just culminated into him losing his third base him trying to turtle on two bases for even longer with like far less income than before and eventually it just we had a big fight in the middle of the map where I just kind of like surrounded and crushed him. And yeah, you can't, you can't contain this man. Nice. No, that's great. I mean, uh, I know, I know that there's like, uh, I don't know. There's such an anxiety if you're contained like that, you know, and it's like, it's really, it's really hard to make rational decisions, you know, like that aren't fueled by panic, especially if you know that like, for me, it's always this battle between, like, the I can't let it get, like, worse than what it is. And it's also, like, you mix that with, like, desperation and fear. And you just make 
terrible decisions. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds like, you know, it, it's not necessarily your first rodeo. And even despite a couple uh, minor things, if, as long as you can get out on the map and, and have a good idea on what you want to do once you're out there, I think, you know, you can you can always make magic happen. I mean, Medivacs, Medivacs in a dream is, is uh, it's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Medivac's a pretty good unit. Also, I've like, at this point, I've been contained so many times in TBT that I know that walking down the ramp is a death sentence. I still panic and do it every once in a while. But like, I I've hit a point where I'm just like, my ramps are now just like, not a place I can be. I sit, I, I pull back as far as I can and I let them come up the ramp. That's how this is going to go. And you, you had better bring a lot because it's going to be hard to break me from that ramp. Yeah. I think that's such a, that's such a thing that like, I think every player has to go through that stage of like running into contains like instantly, like, like even like as it's a Zerg classic thing where it's like the tank is like shelling. And as soon as the tank is like shelling anything important, the Zerg's brain just breaks and like they start a moving uh, completely out of control. But like if you if you have the the knowledge, you're just like, OK, we're going to pull back and we're going to wait as long as we can and everything's fine. And it's like this it's such this weird like I, whenever I am in those situations, I'm always like, man, I'm really calm. And I used to not be calm during this, but it's happened so much in so many different situations and. Um, you know, it's always good when you can pull something out like that. Yeah, it's, um, I, I guess just one more anecdote before we uh, move on to the topic tonight is I, I saw Neuro doing something similar on his stream recently where a Terran was like sieging his fourth base and he takes like one look at it. He's just like, all right, well, I'm expanding in the other direction then. Just like didn't give, just didn't care that his base was going down. He's just like, oh, he's there. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just got to let it go. You know, I've, I've been in that. It happens so much too, where it's like, if you want to save that base for even like five seconds, if you have the desire to save that base, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You know, like it's, it's, it's sometimes you're in those situations where it's like, you, you shouldn't even like second guess yourself that that base can maybe live. Like it is already gone, you know, and that's, uh, that's, that's part of it. And that's part of having experience too, you know? Yeah, it's it was funny because like Terrans have the extra option of lifting up their base, and it still is a struggle for me to just be like, all right, well we gotta evacuate. We can't stay here. We'll just we'll put it down somewhere else. But with that being said, we can go ahead and hop into the topic of tonight. So we're going to be talking about uh, game sense tonight, and it's uh, this is definitely a cornerstone of StarCraft II ladder because your opponents can do some weird stuff. And even sometimes the standard stuff can catch you off guard. So we're going to be talking a little bit with our own experiences of uh, gaining and maintaining game sense, which is definitely an easier thing said than done. Uh, and hopefully by the end of tonight, you guys will have uh, at least a little bit more insight as to how you can grow your own game sense. So Captain Hapa, if you'd like to go ahead and start us off. Sure. Um, yeah. So like, you know, this is something I've, I've thought about. A lot and I, I don't know I think this is a really interesting topic because it's one of these skills in Starcraft that is not necessarily as tangible as, as some of the other stuff right it's not like oh you're making workers oh you know you're taking expansions on time it's it's not as concrete as that it's really just like like do you do you have the knowledge and do you know what to do with that knowledge I think and it's 
it's kind of all of these things uh, put together. And for me, when when I think about game sense, I think the thing that I think about the most is usually just uh, it's it's the voice in my head that asks the question every like 15 seconds like hey am i winning or am i losing right now hey am i winning or am i losing right now because in starcraft it is it is changing so quickly and even that that one question of if i'm ahead if i'm behind or ahead right like that question is so important at at pretty much every juncture in the game um you know not not every single juncture but I'm asking myself this question all the time after anything major happens. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm ahead, maybe I'm behind, uh, maybe I don't know. You know, maybe maybe I'm uh, just gonna try to figure it out, or maybe I'm just gonna go with my gut on where I stand. But but knowing where you stand is is such an important thing and such a long term development kind of thing. Like you can't learn game sense through like one YouTube video, right? Like you can't watch like a build order guide and be like, okay, now I understand every situation I will ever be in, you know? And it's like, no, no, no. Like it really is so much more situational and complicated uh, in, in that, in that regard, you know? Yeah. It is more of like a tacit knowledge thing. It's not something that you can directly learn. It's more so, gain through the experience of you know doing something over and over and over that's how you know everybody has to go through the starcraft 2 ladder is that you know every once in a while like there's a new cheese that'll come out and suddenly people have to figure out okay well like what the fuck how did that happen and it takes like more and more and more experience of actually having to face against that until you actually feel comfortable and dealing with it and granted like you can watch a youtube video where uh you know like somebody like you thermal is just like all right well here's how you deal with proxy void ray and it you know it, you might get a little bit but it takes repetition of dealing with proxy void ray until you can actually deal with it like that was that was my big thing it, it well i guess since we're on the proxy void ray uh analogy we'll stick with that one um like when I first saw my first proxy void rate, I just died. Like there, there wasn't not a competition. Like I was trying to make siege tanks. Like why would you be making siege tanks in that situation? And eventually, like I was starting to face it more and more and more. And eventually, I realized like that's two gases. That's one pylon. There is a proxy out there somewhere, and they're using a lot of gas. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's proxy Stargate. And, you know, it's like, you know, most of the time I'd be right. Every once in a while you would see something like proxy robo, but, you know, some sometimes that kind of stuff happens. But as I started getting faster and faster at recognizing, like, oh, proxy Stargate, uh, you know, if I have a Reaper, it's just, like, send it out to the standard proxy locations real quick, just check and see. Um, I got to a point where, like, some of the slower proxy Void Ray players, like, I could just put down a bunker beside their pylon and their Stargate, and just kill it outright. And even for the people who are much faster and better at executing it, like I was already pumping out cyclones with Magfield. Um, you know, granted, even towards the end of its life cycle, it like I was still getting beat by it, but not nearly as much as when I first did it. And that was just because like I had learned after repetition what to be looking out for and how to deal with it afterwards. Yeah, and, and I think uh, there's a lot of early game cheeses like that where. It, it can be really hard to to get a solid footing like even 
even if you do a really good job defending it, like you don't necessarily know where you are in the game, right? Like I had a, uh, I had a guy who two raxed me the other day and you know, I opened pool first. So like, eh, whatever, two, two racks is fine. Like I, I can deal with it. Um, but the thing that happened is that I I made four lings because that's my normal opener. I, I end up killing the first SCV and severely wounding the second one. I might have killed it with a queen or something later on, but he, he basically just disengaged because I was I was prepared, right? Um, but the problem was is that I couldn't confirm whether it was four racks or not, right? Um, I, I just didn't have the, the information, so... I, I was making two spines. I was making like four queens. You know, like I was, I was going, I was going crazy. And and again, this is me on like 16, 17 drones, right? I probably had 18 and then made the spines. Um, but I I didn't know that it was two racks. So and again, I've been I've been burned. I've been burned before where the Terran disengages, but because they're four raxing, they, they literally don't have anything else to do other than just wait and try again later. So I, I was like, okay, well, I made the spines. The spines finished. I couldn't cancel them. They're, they're already done. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe we're okay. And, you know, I was I was just super, super far behind. You know, my opponent, he, he made probably like maybe two, two or three more Marines and then just put down a second command center and just played it out from there, you know, and uh, th this whole time I'm, I'm down on workers, but I, I was completely in the dark, right? And I'm kind of making my decisions based on previous experiences and mixed in with a little bit of like fear, you know, like, like a, a dash of fear uh, thrown in there because I, I was, I didn't want to lose, you know, um, but I was pretty dead from that, from that opener. It just, it took a while for it to play out. I think he killed me with like a hellbat push pretty pretty quickly anyways but um yeah like he he had good control and he had good decision making from it and uh, i was in the dark and i suffered the consequences from it you know and uh, i think the hardest thing about proxy barracks like that is is after it's done and you go am i winning <laughs> i i i don't know <laughs> am i losing i maybe did i lose a lot of queens did i uh, you know, is my hatchery alive? You know, did I lose three queens? I, I, I don't know, you know, and, and you never, there, there's many situations where you will never know in that exact situation until you get like multiple pieces of, of huge information to confirm where you're at or, you know, maybe you'll die before then and you just check the replay. But it's, uh, it's, it's a brutal, it's a brutal game sometimes when you are denied information in that sort of way, you know? It's almost kind of one of those things where game sense kind of bites you in the ass where uh, you think I, I, maybe it's not even really game sense. Maybe it's just bad game sense. I, I don't know how I want to classify it, but it, it's where you know you're being cheesed, but you don't quite know how you're getting cheesed or how all in your opponent is. And so it's just like I have to keep defending. I don't know. It's like it's a similar story to like the 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 banal and I was talking about earlier, where it's just like, oh god, okay, I know exactly what this is. I prepare for it, and then nothing ever happens. I just fall way behind because I'm <laughs> I'm just scared of what's going to happen. It's it, it's it is kind of hard to parse some of those things. Like you know, again, I, I know I say this almost every single episode, but you do have to kind of go into replays and like realize like, oh, so this is, this is not what I thought it was. 
why did I not, why did I think that this was what it was? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the thing you're getting at is that like when you're operating under what you think is correct, but it turns out that those are, it's a false scenario. You know, I think that's, that's something that's always going to happen. You know, like you can never be a hundred percent prepared because I think one of the challenges in StarCraft is that if you are enacting a response slowly, you might as well not like it's it's not even really worth doing, right? Like, but if you're doing any response quickly and with authority, uh, you can survive so many things just just by being kind of on top of it, right? And, and just by knowing the situation, right? But if you make a decision. Uh, you know, to alter your plan or to adjust to your opponent. And it turns out it's the wrong call. You know, like I've seen it, I've seen it plenty of times where, uh, you know, a Terran will scout me and they'll, for some reason, think I'm going mutas and put down like four turrets at each base. And I'm like, oh, that's cool for me. Like, <laughs> but it, it's, it's this like overt misinterpretation, right? And, and um, you know, I've certainly been on both sides of that where it, it can definitely bite you in the butt. And um, I don't know, man, it, it, it's such a challenge. And I think this is really just a result of like this kind of imperfect information and also this this punishing mechanic of StarCraft, whereas like if you don't react immediately, you you will die, you know, and I think that that is is such a you know, we remember these negative experiences more than the positive ones. So like, you know, you're going to get you're going to get these situations where you're kind of going on your gut. And um, sometimes it's wrong, and uh, that's super painful. But sometimes my gut is very correct, <laughs> you know? Like, I think that that's another thing, is that sometimes I I just have a weird feeling about my opponent, and I'm like, mm, this feels like a hidden base guy, or like, you know, like, uh, this feels like a hellbat all-in guy, you know? Like, and it's, um, I think that's another weird thing about game sense, where, like, if you have enough experience and you have a decent amount of games under your belt, um, you kind of get a feeling for when something's missing, right? And you don't necessarily know what that is, and you still have to do a lot of extra legwork to confirm it or, you know, rule it out. But it's such a weird feeling where you're just like, mm, this seems weird. I don't know why, but it's weird. And uh, again, it's it's the whole imperfect information. It's, it's so challenging in, in so many levels, you know? Yeah, the funny thing was is that, you know, when I was, you know, like silver gold player, um, people were doing uh, hidden bases all the time. Like that was a, that's a that was a very permanent thing in uh, it's a classic. It's a classic <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> or I, I started getting that feeling of like they have a lot of units for being on two bases. I should probably check the corners now. And the funny thing is, is that like that uh that feeling has stuck with me for so long now that like anytime something starts to feel a little bit off or like they have a little bit too much or they're staying in the game a little bit too long it's just like we're going to the corners we're gonna we're gonna send a marine out to every single base and we're gonna make sure that uh you know that opponent isn't doing something weird and at this point it feels like nine times out of ten i catch that hidden expansion when that when my gut feeling says hey they've got a lot of stuff which it's one of those really nice things that you, you know, you pick up over time. You like, you kind of develop that sense. 
it, it, it almost feels like subconscious at times because I don't I don't like I don't sit there and count units at any point. So I'm not sitting there like, okay, that's all right, that's that's sixty-eight circlings, and I think that's thirty-two banelings, and there's a lot of queens there, huh? But it, it's just like I, I see a I see a Zerg ball, I'm like, that's a lot of Zerg. What the hell? Actually, speaking of that, like that starts to kind of play into how you engage into your opponents as well. And this is something that I still struggle with to this day. In fact, I, like part of the coaching session was teaching me how to try and determine if I could engage into it like a Protoss player or not. And so I'm still trying to develop that game sense of whether I can do that. But like if if you actually get a glimpse at their army, you have to be able to tell whether you can engage into it or not. And usually you don't get a super long time. So you kind of have to intuit just like, okay, they don't have that much splash damage. I can definitely take this. Or that's a big army. I better skirt around that. Yeah, I think that I think that's this is like another. Um, it, it's one of these like perceptual skills in StarCraft. Like judging fights is such a specific thing, and I also think StarCraft is funny where it's like, like when you're saying like, oh, I don't count units. I know exactly what you mean. You just look at it and you're like, oh, it's a small army. Oh, it's a big army. Like like you just look at it and you're like, uh, oh, okay, small, big, medium. Like oh, scary, not scary. Uh, oh, I should be worried. Oh, I'm not worried. Like it, it it's it's these very like quick judgments and, and it, it's it's something that again it takes it takes experience and it takes a lot of uh, seeing these situations and understanding like like how they can play out right. And, and I noticed this on my first day back. Not only was I taking terrible fights. I was taking terrible fights and uh, not realizing how terrible they were until it was like already like halfway dead for me. Like, <laughs> like I was slower to disengage and I was slower to recognize that it was a bad fight. Right. Whereas like in my mind and when I looked at the replay, I was like, I know that this is a bad fight. Like, why did I stand here? <laughs> you know, like, like, what am I doing? But it's like, yeah, I just I haven't looked at I haven't looked at this stuff in a while. So like it's it's a. It's a thing where it's it's such a fast it's such a fast call too you know like again you you can imagine that like you're just flashed a single image like really quickly right like you're just you just see it and you have to make an instantaneous decision based on that um, you know whether to engage or not and uh, you know sometimes sometimes you're gonna be correct and sometimes you're gonna be wrong and uh, it's it's just <laughs> you gotta you, sometimes you gotta go for it you know and, and um, I've certainly won games just going for it or just blindly running up a ramp but um, it's just it it takes it takes a lot of time to get this like feeling you know kind of established in your gameplay I feel like you know yeah and it's uh, it is something that you do kind of have to actively practice like you, if you have you have a feeling you act on that feeling and you know you're either going to have a fantastic outcome or it's going to be really bad for you you have to go back and look in that replay it's just like was this correct was this the correct thing to do was my feeling right um you know a, a lot of the time you are going to be wrong <laughs> starting off it like it's one of those things that it's really hard to practice it's really difficult to practice but you can kind of practice it by like making the call and then watching it in the replay yeah it's 
it's so difficult to put into words just like how you can train yourself to have better game sense yeah i mean i think i think it's also uh for for me and as far as like trying to get to improve i think it's important to first to recognize like the level that is required like for game sense because i do think that sometimes people in below diamond leagues are trying to apply a diamond plus level of scouting and interpretation to a player who is honestly just kind of doing stuff <laughs> you know like and um i think i think one of the things i forget who said this it was probably pig or something but when you're at a lower league you can you can trip over your own feet trying to be too big-brained about whatever it is you're thinking about um but you still want to like count bases you know like i think like doing the base counting is probably like the most important foundational uh step for uh learning game sense right and, and or you know learning uh to get a feel for the game uh you know at a lower level because it just counting bases it it tells you a lot about their intent and about their uh their game plan right and um again you'll still be wrong you'll still probably be bamboozled by a fake third like you know whatever it happens <laughs> um but kind of understanding that as like a starting point and then building off of there i think is really important for for lower players with that being said i do think that there are a lot of the 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 best example that i have for learning game sense is when i get hellbat attacked and i have to play it out from there right because i'm not going to completely die to the hellbat attack probably but i'm going to take damage right like like there's very few instances where i take zero damage to a hellbat attack right like I'm going to take some damage, but it's up to me to determine where the game is after that, right? And I had to be wrong a lot of times before I could get a good sense of where I'm at, right? And it's something as simple as I would go into my replay, I would, you know, sure, watch the Hellbat attack, watch the execution, whatever. But once the Hellbats are dead... I pause the game and I just take stock of everything that is in the game, right? Visible or not, right? Um, and just say, okay, he has this SCV count. He has two bases. He's, you know, just starting his third or his third has been done for a minute. Like these things are going to make a huge difference on where you stand in the game. And um, I always try to equate that to, well, I felt this in the game. I felt like I was behind. And then I'm like, well, let's check. Yes, you're very behind and you're probably dead, right? Or it's like, no, actually, like, he doesn't start at third command center for another minute. And, you know, he, he has no NG bays or whatever. Like, and it's like, ah, oh, you're fine, you know? And uh, this is hilarious because one thing I say on my stream all the time is no, no third, no problem. Uh, I say it, I say it so much in, in ZVT because it is literally such an important keystone of me determining how much damage I actually took, right? And I can lose like four queens and so many units and drones, but if the third is not landed and mining, oh, it's fine. I, I, I don't have a care in the world. I know for a fact that I am 100% fine, right? And I've said this, I've said this before in my, in my stream too, where it's like, 
if if I uh, <laughs> where where I take I I take tremendous damage, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna check the third. If I look at the third and there's like 12 SCVs and like four mules, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you know, like like I already know, like I know that if I check it and there's already stuff there. I'm going to leave, right? And, you know, I, I could probably stay in, but, you know, I know enough to be like, eh, I don't want it, right? But many times when I check, I, I don't even see it flying over. <laughs> like, I don't even see it coming down from the, the high ground, and I'm just like, yo, this is fine. Like, uh, yeah, we lost we lost 15 drones. It's fine, right? And, and it's because I've been in this situation before. Uh, I've made this kind of judgment call uh, before and I feel very confident playing these situations out. And uh, honestly, I, I'm 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 really good at taking damage to Hellbats and winning. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's funny that you say that because I have a, uh, a a similar principle that I work with in TVT, where uh, I have you know a specific timing where I'm trying to move out and make sure that my opponent does not put down a third base, and it's one of these things where I set up a siege line and I'm just sitting, I'm just watching. I'm just watching it for a minute. Uh, as soon as it starts to float out, I send some Marines, I poke at it to make it go and land back. Um, and at this point I've kind of set a timer for myself. I, I, I now get kind of a feeling of when I need to leave, because if I stay for much longer, they're going to have more stuff than me at that third base location. I'm going to get crushed there and I can't lose those tanks. So I like I've just built a timer for myself where I pack up and leave but at that point like I know that I have already gotten economic damage done their third isn't down mine is and it has been mining so like at that point I feel like I'm in a very very comfortable position um another thing is that I I have had these moments uh where I like I'm playing a game I feel like I'm significantly behind I'm just like I I, I like there's no way I can win this game and you know GG out and you look at the replay and you're 10 workers up and like 30 supply up and you're just like I thought I was dead what the hell happened here like shouldn't I be dead it was this person's last hurrah to get you out of the game and even that technically was unsuccessful, but I still felt so I, I still felt so defeated that I just leave the game. And it's just like, no. Like it, it, like if your intuition was correct on this, like you would have won the game in like five minutes. Like all you have to do is like know where you stand and stay in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean it's it's such a challenge too. And I, I think everyone everyone is gonna have games like that where whoops, whoops, I shouldn't have left, <laughs> you know, like, I've, I've done that a lot, um, you know, more more than I'd like to admit, but it's definitely repeated itself a couple of times. I guess something I could talk about is uh, watching pro players and their game sense is just insane to me. Like, I, I've seen streams where Hero Marine has, like, he's, like, sent an SCV, like, up a ramp and then right back down. It's just like, okay, I know exactly what my opponent's doing. I'm like, what do you mean? You like you didn't you barely saw anything and it's just like yeah I, so I saw the racks was about this much finished I saw that there's this much gas mine and I saw that there are this many SCVs on the mineral line so I know exactly what this person is doing I'm just like what how am I supposed to know this yeah no I, I'm glad I'm glad you're mentioning this because I wrote this down too where it's like uh, I wrote down like pro player at game sense because 
the the precision and the uh the detail is exponentially like it's beyond my perception like the things that lambo can notice about the timing of you know zerglings like it it blows my mind how dialed in it those players are right And, and it's really like these players are operating at like the highest levels of like build order efficiency you know because like at a certain point like those things get so mapped out and so like dead on like quote unquote perfect i mean and it's not perfect but it's it's perfect as far as like my mortal eyes can perceive right like and the the path is narrowed to such a fine level that like anything being late like one add-on being late is like something's up what is this what's happening what what are we what are we looking at where did your 25 gas go (laughs) yeah and it's like you know the, these these little details like send these huge alarm bells off, right? And, and again, I try to talk myself out of a lot of these things, but it's also just like there are things to notice, right? And, and there are like a, there's a lot of nuance that you can pick up on, and it's it's hilarious sometimes too the things that end up giving you the tell. You know, uh, I think about it all the time when it's like you see a probe come in just from a weird angle and you're like all right all right like i why was that probe at my third before it came into my natural you know like that's not the that's not the straight line come across the math path i know this and it's just like okay well we're gonna check and you know surprise it's like a pylon and you know a couple gates or something you know and it's like um there's there's so many like little tiny tiny things that i think are hilarious even a diamond that that are just like they give away a lot of stuff or they they say a lot more than than what is just visible and uh it just takes time man it takes takes so many reps to to be bamboozled no, I, I've got. I have a list at this point of the the weird things that I've seen Protoss players do, and then immediately my gut's just like something is off. <laughs> I like you know, seeing the second probe on the mini map, seeing it come out of your third base, seeing a zeal at first. That always is concerning. But yeah, so with the pro with the pro stuff though, like I, I do want to reiterate, like they're they're not perfect, but they are god tier compared to even like low gm players like there are probably stuff that low gm players don't even pick up on that pros are like very quick to discover um the thing i wanted to also bring up that i think is hilarious sometimes is uh you know i've played games and like i'm specifically thinking of games i've played with brad where like we just typically have pretty wild games where it's it's wild on all on all fronts like it's wild with each of our aggressions it's wild with each of our like choices that we make and it's wild with the result but there are so many games that we have where you can clearly tell that both of us have no idea where we stand in the game and it's like it's equal in the fact that both of us are like yeah i I thought i was dead or like yeah i thought you were super far ahead but like you actually weren't and like it's it's hilarious to me because like we just get into these weird scrappy situations where it's like you know i'm mining on this one base and like he's killed all my tech but like uh, all of his production is floated and like we're both just like dancing around the map and like hunting for each other like it, it gets so so crazy and in those games it's like you you can't really like reflect upon your previous experiences that much because it's such a 
unique and specific situation. I mean, granted, you know, base trades are like its own uh, skill set. You know, I think that like base trades have their own like uh, priorities, checkpoints, uh, things to confirm, things to, uh, you know, reassess or things to be cautious of, you know, like base trades are its own thing. And I think it's such a weird situation where, you know, both players are just frantically trying to figure out whether they're ahead. Because it, it also happens sometimes in these games where Brad will like realize he's ahead and he'll just stop everything he's doing and just turtle up and be like, I'm ahead. You're, I'm mining more than you. What are you going to do about it? And like it completely changes the atmosphere of the game that we're playing. And it's like, yeah, he's right. Like, <laughs> like I have to like push into him up a ramp, you know, and it's uh it's 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 kind of hilarious that it's it's such a frantic situation, you know. There's probably an entirely separate category of game sense when it comes to uh, when it comes to base trades or anything where stuff just gets really scrappy and weird, where you know you're taking each other's main bases. It, that's actually something that I've been fairly decent at. It's like one game that comes to mind was a, a TVZ that I played. It was like thirty minutes long and wound up being a base trade but it was one of those times when like i knew that my opponent really didn't have that much left it was mostly just lurkers and my buildings float so i don't really give a shit about that so it's just like the bet the best i could hope for was a well the worst i could hope for was a draw i just float my buildings and leave but my like i knew that you know if i could just like set down my orbitals for like a couple of minutes at a time and get some scans out like i can actually win the game and knowing those type of things can be really important if you are in a you know you're practicing a lot on ladder um i mean let, let's face it all games from bronze to probably like gm will get weird at some point you will face weird opponents um you will get into weird situations and you know, developing that game sense is, is an entire thing and it's probably even more difficult than, you know, developing regular game sense. But it's still an important part of your growth as a ladder player. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of, like, uh, like, like I know for me that when I'm trying to analyze my decision-making in these situations, which, I mean, most of it is evaluating where I think I am and where I actually am, you know, on the replay... And it's it's pretty ridiculous how like challenging it gets and how many like forks in the road there are. Like like even I'm I'm still thinking about games I played with Brad because they're they're, they're so typical. Where it's like I do like an early roach pressure and I kill all his hellions and I force his natural to go up to the main and I kill a bunch of SCVs and I slowly die to banshees, but I still do like so much damage with like ten roaches, you know. And it's like I I guess I'm ahead, you know. Like I don't know, and he doesn't know. Um, and then we keep going, and then like it gets to this other weird point where like I'm out on the map, uh, and I'm threatening him but he's like trying to set up a push on on my side of the map and i just decide to call his bluff and rush his production you know and, and then it's like and it's like okay like i'm on his production i'm killing stuff and it's like okay and then i decide to do this and it's like well i don't know if this was the right call but it's what i did and it's like okay now we're in this situation and then i decide to do this and it's like is this the right call and it's like well no but it's what we did and then this is the result and like each beat each beat of that kind of situation is like such a specific set of decisions and 
it, it's sometimes it's so hard for me to evaluate whether I'm even making the right call or not. I'm just kind of like seeing what has happened and, you know, going with it. And, uh, you know, there is a certain amount of you kind of got to go with the flow, but you also have to uh, just equate that to like how you felt in the game, right? And how you Im imagined your position in the game, right? And I think having that imagination of where you stand in the game goes a long way as far as, uh, you know, developing the right call, you know? Yeah, I also want to point out that it's not just about the vast number of choices that you can make in all of the different branches. It's also the speed at which you have to make those decisions. Like it, it becomes in situations like that, if you start taking too long to make a decision, like chances are your opponent has already made two decisions and you are in like a lot of trouble. So, and you know, that, that becomes part of game sense as you continue playing games, you just, you get faster at your decision-making and make better decisions quicker. Yeah. I, I feel like so many of my decisions are, like I can explain them like later to my chat in a replay, like why I did things a certain way, but like I couldn't explain it in the moment other than like, I'm just doing it, you know, like I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm moving my army this way. Like, of course I am. But like, I, I, I can't, I can't verbalize it because it's happening faster than my ability to verbalize it in a way. Right. And, uh, it, it's just kind of funny where it's like, there's, there's kind of two speeds to Starcraft, right? There's a speed where it's like, I'm playing. I'm doing it, I'm executing, I am in, uh, you know, execution mode. And then there's also like the the slower speed of like, I'm looking at a replay and I'm looking at every fork in the road, you know, every every path where I can go left or right. I'm like, okay, well, I went left here. Uh, not a good call, but okay. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, you know, evaluating every fork in the wall or every like positioning choice that I make, like, Honestly, you could I could get into the nitty gritty of like where my queens stand, uh, you know, based on where the Hellions showed up last, you know, and it's like um, you can you can get into such great detail there. But it's also like I kind of know in a way like I kind of know where they should go. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I put them in this place because I, you know, they're out of position at this time because of this, you know, and it's like. I can explain that later, but I can't necessarily explain it while I'm doing it. I just it just happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because I've had moments like that on stream as well, where you know, like if I see like a big tank line at a Terran's base, I'm just like I almost don't even say anything. If like the most you'll probably get out of me is just like, all right, we're dropping, and then just like load up medivax and go. Like not another word about it, just we're going. I've also noticed that sometimes I. <laughs> It's not subconsciously by any means, but there have been some times where I just make moves and not like fully realize that I made that correct move. Or it's, it's like, it's one of those things that's just become ingrained in me. It's just like, all right, well, you know, like if I'm sitting at uh, Zerg player's fourth base and I'm about to do like a big 1 1 Hellbat attack, like, like I, I didn't just start sending the Banshees around to do stuff. Um, and like in the moment, it's just kind of like, ah, well, it's, you know, that's something I'm doing. I want attention drawn away. But then I go back in the replay. I'm just like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize that the Banshees were doing that much damage. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, I think that's, that's it's it's so satisfying, too, when you can pull stuff off like that. And um, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, the experience 
the experience is such a weird thing because it kind of like it adds up very slowly over time and, and you might not even realize how much you have of it until you know you like blind read something and you're like oh yeah this guy just wasn't doing a good job with it or like you know it's like you get these like i don't want to say easy wins but you get these wins that are just like oh hey huh, uh, uh, all right well <laughs> and you know and it's like uh it's it's kind of crazy that that that's even possible you know that we can accomplish these things on like basically a subconscious level but it's also because we've played you know a couple thousand couple thousand games you know like <laughs> i've i've been in similar but different situations and uh i don't know maybe this is a whole nother episode where it's just like your instincts and like your <laughs> like your ability to just i don't know just figure it out just because because i do think there is a certain amount of like because there are so many like potentially unknown situations there's a certain amount of starcraft where you're just like yeah we're gonna figure it out <laughs> yeah who knows yeah who knows what this guy's gonna do it's uh could be anything it could be the dumbest thing i've ever seen you know like you really don't know so you can you want to go in with a plan but at the same time you also have to be just generally prepared and i think that kind of general preparation has so much to do with your understanding of where you are in the game and understanding of like, I guess like the cost of your opponent's decisions and like the drawbacks of your opponent's decisions. Because I think everyone uh, has had the feeling of like dying to a hellbat all in and being like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I can't believe they're allowed to do this. But then you look at their base and you're like, there's no production. There's no one, one follow-up. There's nothing. Right. And you know, that is very like illuminating to, to learn that for the first time, you know, and, and to, to learn that like, oh yeah, a charge lot all in really hurts, but you also have to understand that, uh, they're mining basically zero gas. Like they have, they have n literally nothing else they can do after this, you know. Uh, and it's 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 a it's a experience, I guess. So yeah, just just a quick note on that because that is a painful lesson I've had to learn over and over again. Um, so Helium Bunny loves charge lot all ins, uh, and. I've practiced against it multiple times. I don't think I've ever actually beaten it. And the funny thing is she actually has different flavors of it too. Like sometimes she'll add in blink DTs and hit later. But um, it's something I practice over and over and over again. And like, I never quite beat her, but I would start facing opponents on the ladder where theirs would be just like a little bit later or with a little bit less charge lots. And I'd be like, aha, I've got it. Like, now I can push out and attack, but I never got to the second phase versus Helium Bunny, so I didn't realize that there's a second wave that comes. So I'm just like, oh, God, all right, so <laughs> I guess I got to wait for the second wave and try to do something else now. Yeah, yeah, it's the follow-up to your follow-up, you know, and it's like StarCraft just gets so wild sometimes with, like, the layers of attacks, like, like the layers of, like, I attack, then I counter push, then he counter pushes me, and like, uh, you know, it, it gets it gets really strange sometimes, and uh, you know, I, I sometimes I've I've watched like gold league games where you can just see people just they're just trying to kill each other like over and over again with like without maxing out, <laughs> and it just it just it just it just yo-yos back and forth for like twenty two minutes, and it's it's just a very wild wild. Uh, 
you're you're just watching two people with baseball bats kind of go at it, you know. <laughs> they they just have the rally points set to like the very center of the map, and they're just sending units. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just a different it's just a different experience. But but even when you get up in the higher levels, it's like that that kind of ebb and flow because I've been I've been on both sides, right? Where I can counter push and win, <laughs> I can counter push and throw every ounce of a lead i had away <laughs> you know like uh like it'll happen like after an adept attack or something like i take damage but i made all these roaches to defend so i'm like hey let's go uh but then i push out without speed and i lose everything and then i have zero army and i'm like well i just lost 22 roaches for nothing uh <laughs> versus the other times where you know if if it's a better situation or you know the third is way more delayed and they don't have the gateways added on and you know i had an earlier layer so i wait for roach speed and then we go like it's it's a completely different thing right and um learning to make these calls is is everything is going to be situational and uh the more i play starcraft the more uh every answer to a question i get is ah well it it depends you know, it's like, hey, like, hey, can you make this unit comp work? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, anyone could make that work if, you know, if, if they if they tried hard enough to, to make it work, you know, and they're like, hey, is this good? It's like, well, it depends. It's good in this situation. It's terrible in this situation. And every question can be answered with, well, it, it depends or, well, it's situational, you know? Yeah, I, those are actually questions that I get in my chat a decent amount too, and like you know, I'm always happy to answer those those. But you know, so sometimes you get the like uh, question like, you know, are are banshees good in TVP? It's like, well, you know, it depends. What's the situation that you're using the banshees in? Like, do they have a stargates? Is this blink stalkers? Is this a like? Is this just weird? Is it an all end? It gets really good versus all ends if you know what you're doing, and it, like. Yeah, I mean, it really just depends. And also, I, I do want to say that um, you genuinely can make any composition work because I've been watching a lot of Uthermal videos recently, and he has a he has this build that he calls the Bong Cloud, where he, he is, so for anybody who doesn't know, he basically lifts his main base up and puts it on his third base, and then plays from there. And he got up to Grandmaster with that, which is shocking to me. But recently he's also done something called Penguin Brothers, where he <laughs> he does exclusively Hellbat Viking. Somebody beat me with that shit. Somebody beat me on ladder with the Penguin Brothers build. And I, I was shocked. I was just like, this shouldn't work. This should never work. Why is this working now? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's it's hilarious too because like you know, anytime like again, it's like, hey, are banshees good? And it's like, well, how many of them are there? <laughs> you know, like what time are they arriving? You know, like those are the questions that like like fit into a you know, quote unquote real real game, right? Like when are they arriving how many are there like you know i've played some weird mech things where they make like six speed banshees and it is terrifying uh but it's also kind of weak in some regards but it's also like if you're already behind 
that that unit comp being slightly weak to certain things, it doesn't mean anything because you are tremendously behind. You are going to bleed out your queens. You're going to make 10 spores. You're going to lose all these drones to, to them. And like, it, it's, it's such a dynamic uh, thing. And I think that that's something that uh, you know, as as I've developed as a player, is is like these these one dimensional kind of questions. Just like I'm just like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you could kill me with Mass Banshee, probably. You know, like I'm sure Big Gabe could do it. You know, like <laughs> I mean, in fairness, Big Gabe could probably kill us with like his first Reaper and ten Marines. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no no problemo, no problemo. Uh, but again, it's all it's all about execution, and it's all about uh, just. <laughs> weird weird stuff can work and and you know especially especially a diamond weird stuff can can definitely work and i think uh the other thing i want to say like the i've i've seen the a little bit of the bong cloud uh uh 4a for uh, mr mr mark and uh it, it's one of these builds that like it is so like surprising and confusing that like it, it just it just doesn't make any sense to to anyone who's who's playing against it or or it's like something that people are like oh this is the dumbest thing i'm just gonna it's gonna be an easy dub or something and then they do something weird to to his weird stuff and then it's like yeah then you're in it's it's just a different situation you know and it's uh it's it's wild out there you know yeah i, I would say that if some of those players like stuck to their original game plan uh versus the bong cloud they probably would have been okay I'm not I'm not going to say that though because I did get beat by the Penguin Brothers and I am still a little bit salty about it so who knows wait I don't know maybe they still die in the end cuz he is he is a top pro so I don't know <laughs> Yeah 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 well you know it's it's uh I think I think playing standard is is always good I think playing standard is such a good solution to weirdness um and, and you know, I had this experience in gold and and even in plat, where it's like, I just win from just having a normal amount of units at a regular time, <laughs> you know, like, and if I were to have read into too much of what he's doing and freaked out, I would have not been able to do that, right? But by the mere boring execution of a quote unquote standard build, I'm just ready, <laughs> you know, like I'm just, I'm just ready. You know, and um, I think it's it's something that I know it's terrifying because I do remember being in gold and being terrified of basically everything. Uh, but once I had some of these weird wins where it's just like they just walk into me and die and I'm like, oh, I didn't have to do anything <laughs> like, hey, that's cool. It's it's such a uh, eye opening experience because I also remember when I was at that level. Um, there's a lot of like higher level explanations where it's like, don't worry about this. It's fine. Everything's okay. But as a gold leaguer, you're like, no, but you guys like they, they're weirder. They're weirder than the guy Lambo's telling me about. But as a diamond player, I'm like, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> like, like I'm, I've become the guy who's like, no, no, it's fine. You're safe. Like everything's going to be okay. But like, you don't get that experience until you kind of go through it a couple of times yourself, you know, at least, at least for me, it was where like, I didn't believe Lambo was right until I was like, Oh no, he's right. You just, you just kind of make normal stuff and everything's fine. <laughs> now I went to that same, uh, type of growing pain whenever I was, you know, first climbing through the ladder where 
you would see, you know, you'd see all sorts of oddities. And like, I, I specifically would go on YouTube with just like, how do I beat this? <laughs> and, you know, some, uh, some pro or content creator would have like a, a, a pretty significant explanation on how to deal with it, why it's bad, or, you know, it would even be like a build order guide and just be like, uh, you know, if you see something weird, like you, you have only have to make like a slight tweaks to it and, it, you know, everything will be fine. I'm just like, no, but you don't understand. He went mass reaper. What do I do versus mass reaper? It's like the same thing. <laughs> mass reaper falls off really hard, really fast. Yeah, you don't get freaked out by the the two first reapers. That's really the secret. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just continue as if they're. I mean, they're there, but like you know, you, you can't crumble completely. But I think that's you know, it's again, it's a it's a normal, it's a pretty common experience, and I think I think everyone uh, had some had some degree of that because it's also like. I know, I know this where it's like I'm, I'm listening to Pig ex explain something, and it's like, no, but like my opponents do it this way, and it's like, well, just you're still gonna be okay. Don't worry, don't worry. Like it's so hard to explain, it's so hard to explain and articulate, but it's, it's what I'm doing now, where I'm just like, ah, it's fine, you know. Hey, one base build, all right, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, here, here's a little bit of game sense advice if you are in like bronze, silver, gold. Uh, if your opponent is running a Reaper around like crazy, I'd be willing to bet a hundred bucks that their production bar is empty. They probably have not selected their command center or her uh, barracks. They probably haven't even made their factory yet. None of that stuff is ready. So literally all you have to do is stay your course and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you know, staying the course is, is such a, uh, it, it, it can be such a challenging thing because again, I, it's scary, man. Like <laughs> this game is terrifying uh, on a lot of levels. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to kind of get over that fear and, uh, accept that you will die to just random dumb bullshit. Like it's, it's going to happen. You know, it still happens to me all the time. Uh, but it's also like, there's a certain amount of calm and a certain amount of confidence you get just from. Uh, seen it a bunch of times and just just from uh understanding right and and i think even if you die to the dumbest like one base build you've ever seen i think it's important to look at that and to understand that build um just just in itself right even if you'll never see that build again it just understand like oh okay well you know hey it hits at this time it hits with this okay you know hey it's it's manageable right or it's like hey you know if we are a little more heads up or like, Hey, if we drone first and then make units, we're a little more set up. Like, uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff and, and um, getting that understanding takes, takes practice and takes repetition, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that being said, we are starting to come up on time here. So uh, Dan, I'll go ahead and let you uh, give your final thoughts on the, on the topic at hand. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's uh it's such a strange skill to kind of cultivate, you know, and, and I think, I think the best thing you can do is, is play games, <laughs> you know, put yourself in different situations and, and, um, you know, having, having a game plan, again, I say this all the time, but having a game plan is super important, but also having an ability to understand just 
even just the most major bullet points of your opponent's game plan uh, can go a long way for understanding it. And, and, you know, the thing I was touching on earlier, too, of even just uh, for for the Hellbat sort of stuff, right? When that when those Hellbats are walking onto your creep, pause the game, take stock of where it is, right? After it plays out, pause the game again, take stock again of where it is, right? Like, because those two things can be very different. And, uh, you know, some days you might execute really well and be super far ahead, and some days you won't be. But uh, the more you can kind of test yourself and reevaluate it, uh, I, I think you can you can develop that really, um, you know, in, in a pretty outstanding way if, if you're just willing to just take these, like, snapshots of your replay. Uh, it, it goes a long way. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll be like, hey, you know, this game lasted for 22 minutes, but I was dead at the 12-minute mark. <laughs> you know, like, it's okay. It's okay to have these realizations that that you're that dead, uh, you know, and and uh, it's 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 weird because once you start getting it too, you'll start to do things without realizing you're doing things. And I think that that's really fun and awesome and great and entertaining. And I don't know how many, like, this is also another thing I, I just want to mention is that, like, one of my favorite game sense calls to make is to just be like, hey, we're in a bad spot. Let's go all in, <laughs> you know, and uh, you can be amazed at how effective that can actually be as long as you are just fully and 100% committed to that. Just be like, ah, let's go for it. You know, even if you're tearing and you're just like, ah, let's pull the boys. Who cares? You know, like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're making lemonade out of a bad situation. And, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a YOLO way to really test your game sense to the limit and it's not always going to work but it's fun yeah the, so i i do the um i either do the all-in variation where i pull every single scv or i do uh all right we're in a bad spot we're just going to turtle and that's that can, that can be equally effective um and both both can be very valid you know depending on the situation and uh you can play around with both of them you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean it. It all it's really determined by the state of the game, which one is more effective. But you know, do either one. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say is just like put in the uh, the only way you're going to build good game sense is to put the games in. If you are, you know, if you if you're playing enough, if you're watching your replays enough, um, like eventually you'll start to recognize patterns. You'll begin to see certain things that you weren't seeing before, and like eventually you're going to start to like put these things together and you'll be able to determine what your opponent's doing a little bit better. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming out tonight. Uh, let's see, Dan, do you have anything going on? Oh, uh, you know, we're just uh, back to the usual uh, streaming. Uh, I'm going to try to probably be putting out some more YouTube content as I kind of get back into the swing of things. But, uh, you know, hey, we're streaming, we're laddering, we're, we're shaking off the rust and uh you know taking it taking it one game at a time you know yeah you can find his socials in the description of this podcast uh definitely check him out he does uh youtube videos he has been getting back into streaming recently and you are you still doing tiktok i don't remember uh yeah but like i'm not try harding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm 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 doing it but i'm not like investing that much into it but i i'm i'm doing it but again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, 
give him a follow in uh, all of those places. Uh, I'm going to continue streaming and laddering where I can. Uh, the Climb podcast version will be out on Friday, Friday-ish, I should say. You can definitely check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, anywhere where you typically listen to uh, podcasts. Any final words? No, I think this is a great discussion. I uh, always love having these talks, and I think this was a this was a good one, a good one. No, yeah, it's fantastic to get back into the uh, the habit. Missed uh, talking with you, bud. And yeah, it's good to get back on the uh, get back on the wagon. With that being said, guys, good luck, have fun out there, and we will see you next time.